What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball. We got a special guest today, Astros minor league baseball pitching coach, Sean Buchanan. But before we bring him on, Tom, how you doing, buddy? Good morning, Rob. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, Sean. Uh, really excited to get into some baseball. Sean, we appreciate you coming on. How, how's your... Uh... So right now, folks, Sean is on the road to spring training. So this is the first time, first time ever here on Astros Baseball. How's it going? Well, first, thanks, guys, for having me on. And uh, yes, I am on the road right now. Um, like I was just telling you before we went live here, I'm somewhere in Southern Virginia, I think, uh, making the trek down to spring training as we speak. Uh, report day for us is on Sunday, and I live in the, the greater Philadelphia area, so um, it's about 17 hours for me. So I uh, appreciate you guys having me on and helping me kill some time here. So you said you're leaving from the Philadelphia area? Uh, yes, I, I do live in the greater Philadelphia area. So uh, that does mean I was deep, deep, deep behind enemy lines uh, this past <laughs> November. <laughs> Did you grow up there? No, I didn't. I'm, I'm originally from New York, um, born and raised in New York. And I uh, was in college baseball for uh, just about a decade. And it kind of took me all over the place. You know, just going from job to job. Um, and I, I landed in the, uh, the greater Philadelphia area where I was coaching um, for the last couple of years. And, and when I, I joined with the Astros, um, kind of remained the offseason home base. So I got a question. 
I, I was a active duty Air Force guy in New Jersey, so I'm kind of familiar with the Philly, New York area. So did you start your trip with a Wawa run? And can you tell the people, if you did, what Wawa is like? <laughs> yes, actually, it did start with Wawa. Um, of course, you know, anybody who's from the, the Jersey PA uh, area, they know that Wawa is um, it's a special place. It's not just a gas station. It's not just a convenience store. Uh, or a deli or, or any kind of fast food joint. It's it's everything rolled into one. Um, and it, it holds a special place in the hearts and minds of uh, anybody who grew up in that area. So it, it's it's an essential to start all road trips, that's for sure. Is it, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Bucky's, but Tom, is it like a Bucky's? It's not to the size. I mean, they have like the super Wawa thing going on where you can get gas, but they have smaller ones where it's not a it's not a gas station. It's more like like he said, like a deli, and uh -huh. it's there. It's there. It's their thing, right? And uh, I didn't know what it was till I got up there. And now you don't talk to anybody without saying, "Hey, did you, you make the Wawa?" Of course I did, you know, because that's that's just just like Bucky's for us. It's something you got to do if you're going on a trip, or, or even if you're just going to the convenience store and it's close. Yeah, all my road trips include Bucky's. I, I don't I don't stop anywhere but Bucky's if there's. If there's Bucky's, I plan my trip around it. But uh, coach, I saw on your social media you're still a fan of the Giants and uh, the New York Rangers. Now, are oh, yeah. you now a fan of the Houston Astros? Have you changed your fandom in baseball? Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, growing up in uh, the greater New York City area, um, I, I will admit that I grew up a Yankee fan. My a lot of my family. Um, they were a little, uh, little hesitant, I guess, when I when I first took the job with the Astros. They were like, oh, really? Really, the, the Astros? And I'm like, yeah, guys, really, the Astros. Congrats. We're all Astros fans now. Uh, get over it. Uh, let's go Strohs. Um, and they they all came around uh, pretty pretty quickly um, in support of me. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this this organization is just it's so phenomenal. And being a part of it has been so great. It, it's hard not to be. Um, you know, just a massive fan of everything that we've got going on from top to bottom. I totally agree, sir. And and I, I can appreciate what, what you got going on. I mean, obviously, you know, you grow up one way, but hey, these guys are are, are now that, that that's the, the logo on the chest. You know, I feel like a lot of people can identify with that where it's like, hey, this is my team now that, you know, they're supporting me, that kind of thing. One thing I got to know, uh, you know, spring training right now, you know, obviously you're getting with the pitchers. I'm dying to know who have you like worked with so far and who are you looking forward to work with um, as far as pitching goes? Um, So I didn't necessarily work with, uh, with Justin Verlander last year, but I was invited to uh, be on the bench for uh, his first start back last spring training. Uh, and that was, that was one of the most exciting days that, that I've ever had. Um, getting a call saying that, hey, Dusty wants to bring a couple minor league coaches with the big league staff just to get some experience and, and hang out and see what it's like, um, which was, I mean, just a just a great dude that Dusty is. Of course, he would do something like that for us to give us that experience. Of course, I, I said, who's on the mound today? Like, well, JV's on the mound. <laughs> oh, baby. I mean, I, I couldn't put my uniform on fast enough. Like, I'm pacing around the, the, the locker room. Like, okay, we're going to Cool, Sean. Like, relax here, man. Relax. Um, 
And I basically just stood there and watched and tried not to say anything or get in the way. But um, so I wouldn't say I didn't. I definitely didn't work with JV, but that was one of the more exciting um, pitching days that that I've had um, as a member of the organization. And uh, this year, I've, I'm just really excited to get back to work with uh, all of our draft picks from last year. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be uh, heavily involved in their onboarding process, so I've kind of I've got a pretty good relationship with a lot of them already. Um, but, you know, we don't play favorites, and I'm really excited to get to work with just about everybody. Um, we have so many good guys in our in our system, and there's so much talent. Um, it's it's really exciting just to be down there and get the chance to work with different guys on a daily basis. So you were working in uh, with the Florida Complex League last year. Did you get to work with Rhett Coba? Yeah, so Rhett was down with us uh, for a little bit of a rehab stint. So his final starts uh, before he got sent back out into the wild, uh, helped out with those. Uh, he was also uh, he stopped in before Instructs um, to get ready for Arizona Fall League. So got to work with Rhett a little bit here and there. The reason I asked is because me and his mom were friends growing up. That's so I have a little connection to him. And I'm pretty excited. He seems like he's he's going to be uh, – he was a later draft pick, but it seems like he's going to contribute to the uh, Astros someday. Yeah, certainly hope so. Rhett's a great kid. Uh, he's a super competitor, uh, which is which is a lot of fun. So, you know, it'll be, it'll be exciting to see where he ends up. So talking about, like, the whole rehab process, right – uh, I, and again, I can't thank you enough for giving us a chance to kind of talk about, you know, stuff that the casual fan would not get to kind of get involved with. But what what is what is that like, if you don't mind? I mean, not in, in crazy detail. Is there like a plan that y'all have laid out and they just kind of follow a schedule? Is it on a case by case type thing? If, if you could get into that and all, I, I'm kind of curious about that. So I don't necessarily play a major role in the rehab process. And that's that's for our medical team. That's for our rehab patient coach. Uh, they come up with the plans and they they implement everything. They they take care of the guys. But when they are transitioning out of rehab and getting ready to go uh, back to their affiliate, we do get them in game action. And that's that's where being at the complex last year. That was part of my job is to sit down with the rehab coordinators, uh, with the rehab pitching coach, and say, okay. Who do you guys need to get in the game? Um, what is their situation like, their pitch count? Uh, how much room do we have to play with here? Are we strict drop dead at a certain pitch? Doesn't matter uh, on pitch count. Are we going to take it batter by batter? So I would be a part of those conversations and then help out as we're uh, you know getting those guys back into game shape for um, an outing or two or sometimes three, and, and then they're ready to go to an affiliate as long as everything goes smoothly during those outings. So I read some things about you when you were uh, coaching at Lehigh. They hired you as the pitching coach there. And there was a few yes, players. I think his name was Ryan Diem. He, yeah. actually, he actually called you a wizard because you <laughs> implemented you implemented technology uh, to help the guys with their uh, staff. I mean, with their uh, mechanics. And you used something called Rapsodo? Yes. Yep. Rapsodo was something, uh, it's fall flight tracking technology that's 
pretty popular in college baseball. Um, it's something that we became pretty proficient with, and it allowed us to help retool some arsenals for a couple guys on the on the Lehigh staff while we were there, and was kind of on the the forefront of helping those guys uh, understand and implement that kind of stuff while I was there. Where is Lehigh? Is that why you're in Philadelphia? Uh, so I live in Reading, Pennsylvania, which is roughly like 40 minutes outside of downtown Philly. Hmm. Um, nobody actually knows where Reading is, so I just give you the greater <laughs> Philly area so you have an idea. But um, I always thought I was reading. In, uh, so did I for I don't know about a year <laughs> living there. Uh, I saw a show on Netflix where they where they said it was Reading, and I was like, I always thought it was Reading, but I don't I don't remember why they were talking about it though. Yeah, so I was there um, working at a small school in the in the Reading area itself, and then I got the job at Lehigh, which is in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, which is a little bit further north, about forty five minutes north of that. So I had a pretty sweet commute for uh, my time at Lehigh. So, so another geographical thing, since, like I said, I spent some time up there too. Uh, do you get a little different accent? You know, I know like Eastern PA, Western PA are like two different worlds, right? Uh, where does, <laughs> does that, does that start at all? Like right around where there, or can you talk to that oh, yeah. a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody starts dropping their O's and, um, you know, saying like water, um, it, that that eastern PA accent can get pretty thick the the farther south that you go. Um, yeah, it's it was uh, it was interesting the first time I, I heard somebody say something like John, and like <laughs> they talked about the Eagles and like go go birds. It's like it's a, sounds a little bit different here. Okay, the the one that got me, I, I had a, a real good friend of mine in the military. He was you know the western PA area, and it was Yins. You know what are Yins doing? And and crick like those those right there. I didn't know what to do with those at first. Yeah, I had to ask times like, all right, I, what is that? <laughs> so, have you ever climbed the Rocky Steps? No, I have not climbed the Rocky Steps. Um, you know, being being a New York guy um, and still having quite uh, quite the allegiance to the Giants and the Rangers. Um, I love to get into it with the Philly sports fans. So I had to tease them about Rocky before I wasn't even a real person. Um, you know, they all get bent out of shape because you, know, you, you don't talk about Rocky like that. Like he was some sort of real monster. I have to remind them, like, he was a movie character, guys. Rocky wasn't real. <laughs> they all think he's real over there. I mean, yeah, it's well, their, they just get bent out of shape because he's. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's a hero. He's got a statue, a fictional person. Fictitious person has a statue, like in the middle of the city, uh, and he's like one of their favorite sports heroes, and he didn't even exist. So, uh, I guess the next question I got: so you 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 make the trek, get down to spring training. Obviously, you get in. I guess your hotel. I mean, does it start for you the next day? I mean, do they kind of slowly? work you in how, how does that process kind of work so we get down there uh sunday's report day monday is physicals for all coaches and players and then tuesday we hit the ground running we get uh, right into things there's been a there's a contingency player down there right now um 
mini camp has been running alongside uh, big league camp. So there are a few people already in town. Um, there's a bunch of coaches that are already in town. So they've been getting after it for a couple of weeks now. So now it's just time for the rest of us to kind of join the club. Events. Last season, you're in the Florida Complex League, but uh, this upcoming season, you're going to be with the Asheville Tourists. Talk about a little bit of, I guess that's a promotion. Talk about a promote your promotion. Yeah, so I'm I'm really excited, really grateful for the opportunity to make the jump up to Asheville. Um, just grateful that our pitching coordinator, Eric Neeson, and our director of player development, um, Sarah Goodrum and, and Jason Bell, that those guys, they put the faith in me to, to put me in that position. Um, they have the confidence in me to, to you know, go up there and develop those guys in what can be a, a tough environment for pitchers. Uh, not sure if you guys have ever been to the ballpark in Asheville, but air's a little thin there because the elevation and the outfield fences are very close. So uh, I'm excited about the challenge uh, that comes with that specific affiliate. Uh, I'm also excited just to keep on climbing within this organization. So really excited about the opportunity, really grateful for it. And I also hear that Asheville is a phenomenal city. So could be worse places to spend the summer. Um, I guess the next question I got when uh, when you get there, when you when you get to Asheville or whatever. So is it is it like a, a, a team of pitching coaches? I know the Astros have like two of them. Is it like it's your staff and you get to I, can, I guess kind of talk a little bit how that role will be when you when you get into it, I guess. Yeah, so I will be the um, the sole pitching coach at Asheville, uh, the we're running the staff uh, and reporting back to our coordinators um, and everybody in the front office and everything like that. So it's it will be just me running the pitchers up there. Obviously, I have a ton of help from Nate Shaver, our manager, who's been in Asheville for a while, who's been with the organization for a while as well. Um, so just between him and I, we'll be managing the pitching staff together. So the big news recently – it's, I guess it's been making a lot of news with some videos I've seen from college baseball, controversial, the pitch clock. Did you, were you able to work with the pitch clock last year? And, and uh, what kind of things could you tell us about it? If, if so, kind of like your expectations that if it's going to cause problems for major league baseball and if they're just going to get used to it or just whatever your thoughts are. Yeah, this is obviously a, a very hot button issue in baseball at all levels right now. Um, last year in the complex league, we did not implement the pitch clock. So didn't have a ton of working experience with it. But I did have conversations with guys who were at the affiliates and were exposed to the pitch clock right out of the gate every single day. And for the most part, the reviews were pretty positive. Um, there weren't too many people who had major issues. Uh, and if there was an issue, it was kind of a, a one-off of guys struggling to use the pitch clock. It was not a overall systemic type problem. And for the most part, everybody seemed pretty pleased about how it moved the, the pace of the game along, especially in the minor leagues where you know, there's a lot of guys working on things and sometimes Stuff can go sideways during the course of a game and you end up having a football-type score. 
and uh, you know, a five and a half hour baseball game. But the pitch clock actually helps curb that kind of stuff where sure things can get a little bit sideways and be a really high scoring game, but the games are still kept inside of like a manageable time frame. So I know that that was one of the, the big positives that everybody felt about the pitch clock um, throughout the, the different levels of the minor leagues last year. I'm sure there'll be growing pains, especially at the big league level. Those guys are a lot of the creatures that have it and um, have their set routines and everything like that. There'll be some adjustments that need to get made. But overall, I, I do think this is something that will help the game move in the right direction. And uh, you know, as far as we're concerned, you know, from our position, we don't make the rules. We just get told what the rules are. And it's our job to do the best we can. With the rules. So one thing that baseball is trying to do is, I guess, improve or, or make the offense go up, you know, more action, more runs. And the pitchcock will looks like it will sort of like balance that out to control the time because the more run score, the longer the game's going to be. So it's it, maybe it'll even it all out. Yeah, I, I think it could provide some some balance in that respect for sure. Uh, I think the pitch clock is just going to help eliminate a lot of dead time of, of no action, whether it be from the offensive side or the pitching side. You know, just the the cat and mouse game that sometimes gets played between the pitcher is going to come set and hold forever and hold until the batter steps out of the box. And then the batter's calling time and stepping in, stepping out, trying to call time again. And uh, kind of had this this mind game that used to get played quite a bit. Um, you know, people inside the game understand what's going on. But for a fan on the, on the outside, you just sit there, you roll your eyes. Like, what is going on here? Let's go. Throw the ball, get in the box. <laughs> Action. Let's make things happen, please. And I think that's what the overall purpose of the clock would be. Um, and who it gives an advantage to, whether it's the hitters, the pitchers, I think is still to be determined, especially at the big league level. But um, you saw yesterday that the first violation of the pitch clock was a hitter, not getting in the box on time. So uh, we'll see who it gives a better advantage to. Uh, or if it kind of just evens things out. Do you feel like this is going to change the way mound visits are? I think sometimes I don't. I don't necessarily know because I, I I have no experience. But I feel like sometimes it's mechanics. Sometimes it's to settle guys down. Sometimes it's you know we're 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 stalling time to get a reliever ready. Something like that. Do you think like now with this with this sped up pitch clock that maybe things are going to be a little different in that aspect, right? Like when y'all come to the mound, maybe it'll just be to slow the game down a little bit. Yeah, I think that's definitely a, a possibility where um, if a guy, especially a younger guy, sometimes let their emotions uh, get ahead of them and all of a sudden the whole game speeds up on them uh, and they're moving too fast out there and it's all of a sudden turning into just this violent sprint between pitches to get going. So there, there may absolutely be times where the pitch clock is only making that worse for the guy who's out on the mound. And we may, as pitching coaches, need to take the opportunity to go out there and kind of hit the reset button for him and help him out a little bit. Minor league baseball used the pitch clock last year. And I went to a couple of games and I didn't even notice it. I didn't even think about it. 
I was just watching the baseball game, so I didn't have any negative things about it. But I was going to ask you something, and that I changed my subject, but uh, I for, I've totally forgot. But one thing I want to ask you before we get to a, 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 a part of the show we call Fair or Foul is I want to ask you about this dog walking utility belt. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> You're going to get me in trouble, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so you found that picture of my fiance, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So she's a super dog mom. Um, she actually does a fantastic job with our dogs uh, in terms of uh, training and behavior and stuff like that. It's kind of a it would kind of be a dream job for her to uh, to get into that field as um, not just as a hobby, but more as like a, a job. Um, so she does not care what she looks like when she's training the dogs or working with, with animals or anything like that. So she's got this, I'll just come out and say it, it's ridiculous. It's this ridiculous looking <laughs> fanny pack that has all of these pockets and hooks and stuff like that where she can put treats and poop bags and her cell phone and you know, different kinds of things that she uses during training and she just strap it right around her waist and she'll go walking out in public wearing this thing um she loves it it looks outrageous it's incredibly <laughs> functional though so you know I, I give her credit she's very very good uh at working with the dogs so um i, I guess if it, if it works you can't really knock it too much Okay, I remembered what I was going to say, and I don't even think it's a question. It's just more of a comment. I would look at, if you look at the Astros and the pitch clock, I would think Jordan Alvarez would have no issue because the guy doesn't move. But you got someone like Kyle Tucker, who every every pitch, he's rubbing his hands in the dirt, he's fixing his belt, he's wiping his mouth on his on his shoulder. He's really going to have to change his approach. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it all depends. It all depends on, like I said earlier, it's to be determined. Is this clock going to have a bigger impact on pitchers or hitters? We'll see. Um, somebody made a really good point the other day that I said, you don't, you don't see those kinds of routines during batting practice or in the cage or during drill work or live VP or anything like that. These routines, they only happen during the game. Hmm. So, like, how much are you really changing? Are you, you know, or were you actually just changing what you normally do for the purpose of the game? So um, maybe the transition for, for those reasons, maybe the transition for some people to uh, a little bit of a faster tempo might actually be easier. Who knows? We'll see. Do you think that something like this is going to like potentially get teams or, or, or whatever to maybe lower the pitch count because you've got these guys kind of sped up a little bit where before, I mean, you think of some of the guys like Verlander, you talked about, he had a pretty pronounced, you know, uh, he would circle the mound, wipe the mound. You know, he took his time, I think to get more out of the game, like to take, you know, each pitch at a, at a certain pace now with them having to go almost, I wouldn't say rapid fire, but maybe more, you know, deliberate than they want to be. Is that going to, you think in your opinion, uh, maybe bring the pitch counts down for some guys a little bit. 
Uh, it's possible. We'll see. Uh, like like so many other things uh, with this pitch clock situation and with just the game of baseball itself before the pitch clock, uh, the, the answer for almost everything uh, can at times be, it depends. It's going to depend on the guy. It's going to depend on situations. Uh, it's going to depend on uh, who can adjust to this new pitch clock. It's all just depends. I saw a video the other day, and it was it was like an overlapped pitcher where where the Kentucky the, I think it was Kentucky Derby or one horse race was kind of faded in the background of the pitcher, and the race finished in between pitches. This guy took forever in between pitches, so that's something that I would like to see sped up. But hopefully, it doesn't affect the game too much. But anyway, I spoke about fair foul, and if y'all are both ready to get to that, we can do it right after this. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, folks, we're back with some fair foul with Coach Sean Buchanan of the Astros minor league system, Asheville Taurus. I only have three today. Usually I have five. But one thing I want to ask you that I didn't bring up is what's your go-to road trip snack? Like, I'm a big fan of gummy bears, or I actually like gummy worms better. And uh, But me and my wife will bring stuff. You know, we do stop at Bucky's, but she'll bring iced tea and have it, you know, cooled off for us in the uh, ice chest. So what is your road trip routine, sort of, you know, as far as food and snacks? Beef jerky and sugar-free Red Bull. <laughs> What do you drink, Tom? What is that energy drink you drink? 
I'm I'm a Zoa guy. Uh, it's supposedly the the healthy way to go. I used to be a Red Bull guy when I was in the military. Uh, the taste kind of got to me after a while. Uh, but the snack for me is always Twizzlers, extra large bag of Twizzlers, and uh, an energy drink, and I'm good to go. All right, so we'll do fair or foul. I'll read it. We'll go coach, Tom, and then I'll give you my answer. All right. Number one, we've also we've used this before, but I'm curious what you did last night. Fair or foul. So you say fair if you agree, foul if you don't. You gassed up the night before your road trip. Fair or foul? Fair. Ah. Foul for oh, me. Big preparation guy. <laughs> <laughs> foul for me. That's part of the trip. I'm normally stopping before I, I head out and then like, all right, now we're ready to go. That's normally when I grab my Twizzlers. That's normally when I grab my energy drink. Yep. That's all one stop. And then I go as far as I can before I got to stop for a restroom break or whatever. To me, it depends on if I have enough gas to get to Bucky's. <laughs> if I have a hundred miles of gas, then I won't get it. I mean, I'll get it here, but no, it's foul. I don't get gas the night before. I'm a planner. I'm someone that likes to make sure everything is in order, but that's one thing I don't do. I do not gas up the night before, even though you should, but I think it's because I know I want to stop at Bucky's and I know I want to stop and get snacks. Maybe that's why. And Sean, just for you, like uh, Bucky's is, is weird in the fa in the fact that it's not like Wawa where it'll be kind of, kind of close. I mean, obviously they spread them out too, but, Bucky's is even more spread out. It's kind of like a, a truck stop, but it's like on steroids. They they sell clothes, they sell everything, they sell barbecue. The place is massive. It's like an experience in itself. I mean, I've seen them enough driving up and down ninety five as many times as I have, and you know throughout the different states, and they do look like like the Taj Mahal uh, <laughs> rest stops. You haven't like, stopped? No, I'm you. This conversation is going to make me stop at Bucky's for the first time. I, we'll have to do a follow-up and compare yeah. it to Wawa. Sean, there is a Bucky's. There's two Bucky's on my way to Houston. I live in San Antonio, and I stop at both of them. <laughs> but what's cool for me on the way there, the closest one is on the right side, because I'm a guy that if I need gas, I don't want to cross over the highway. I want to get gas on my side of the highway, and it works out for me. So the one on the way there is on the right. And then the one in Katy on the way home is also on my right. So it works out good. But yeah, we're looking forward to it. When you go to Bucky's, take pictures, post them on social media. And uh, if you don't follow Sean, where, where can they find you real quick before we get to the next ones? It's Buck28. Yes, sir. You can find me on Twitter, uh, Buck underscore 28. Yeah, I, I start reading a lot of your stuff and a very good follow. And I'm looking forward to what you post uh, this upcoming season. Number two, fair or foul, you like it when your female companion puts her feet up on your dashboard. Oh, foul. Absolutely foul. I'm, I'm not, a, I don't like feet. I don't like my own feet. I don't like other people's feet. <laughs> that is, that is absolutely out of, that's, that's not just foul. It's like out of the stadium. I'm with you, sir. Foul for me too. I think it's weird. I, I, you know, it's a distraction. Like I'm more likely to get into a wreck because the feet are up there. Like you can't not look at them. Right. Like it's just, even though you know what they look like, you're still like, what are they doing? Like, I don't know. Foul for me too. Yeah. You try to take care of your vehicle. I used to do it when I was younger. I took care of my vehicles a little more, but 
you know, I, I see girls in other cars driving by and they got their feet on the windshield. And I remember as a kid, my dad would get so mad if we touched the windows in the car. And I never understood it. And then when you get older and you drive and there's sun shining in like the passenger window and there's fingerprints and smudges all over it, you can't see. So I get it, dad. I get why you, you got so mad, but I hate it. It's super foul. It's as it's, it's probably not the foulest thing we've ever had on the show, but I, I don't like it. If my <laughs> wife wants to do it, I'll let her. That's true love right there. Because I, I think for me, I'd be <laughs> like, Hey, you can do that. You can do that in your own car, like when you're parked or something, but I got to be able to focus and I can't focus if you're doing that. <laughs> uh, all right. Number three, I only have three and I tried to make them all about road trips. And so I saw this one, you know, about being safe when you go on road trips, you know, have your first aid kit, different things that you may need on the road. And, you know, my dad would always say, change the oil before you go, check the air in your tires, do all this stuff. But one thing I have, fair foul, you have jumper cables in your car. Fair. I do have jumper cables. Fair as well. I, I think that's like one of the few things like, maybe not for you, but for somebody else, like it, it's cheap. It's not something that's hard to, to carry. Like, it's just smart. You never know. Uh, it's impossible to predict when an alternator is going to go out or your battery is going to go out, especially cold, hot, cold, hot, Texas, the way the weather is. In my mind, it's like the best thing you can carry. Foul. I do not have jumper cables. <laughs> I don't have them. But I'll add another fair foul, and I'll, and I'll explain why. Fair foul, you have roadside assistance. Fair, I do have roadside assistance. That's why I don't have jumper cables. Foul, I do not, and that's probably why I have jumper <laughs> Tom, cables. Tom, Tom, what's wrong with you? I mean, I, so, uh, like you said, I'm a planner. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, if you, if you just need a, a, a quick jump, do you really want to wait the – 90 minutes it's going to take for AAA to show up if you're somewhere you know, in the middle of nowhere, busy time of day. Like, I, I also feel like coming being a New York guy, I have a, a maybe an unwarranted amount of just suspicion about other people, especially strangers when you're in a strange place. And you don't want to seem like sketchy. And then you got jumper cables. You don't want to be the person asking that question because you're like, all right, is this guy trying to steal my car about me or something like that? Like, if you're yeah. the one with jumper cables, you don't have to ask the question, right? So you have the cables and you're just like, listen, my car needs to jump. Can you help me? Okay, so you have a car. I have the cables for my car. Like, can you help me out here? Um, and then you could also be the person who who can give help if someone's you know having an issue. But I just I wouldn't want to be the person who's gotta gotta ask um, because you just don't want to come off as you know. Yeah. Sketchy or, or anything like that. I had someone ask me the other day, hey, you got jumper cables? It looked like they were their uh, batteries dead. And I was like, nope, sorry, I don't have it. But yeah, can you imagine, like like to Sean's point, could you imagine having to wait in 100 degree Texas heat in the middle of summer, 90 minutes in a car that, that has no juice with no AC for somebody to come give you a jump? It's a long time. One time I stopped to get gas and my battery died and I called roadside and they... They, I guess they towed me somewhere and then I had to go buy a battery. I can't remember how it happened. 
But I thought of another one. Fair or foul, you've had a flat tire out on the road. Uh, that is fair. Yeah, fair for me too. You've changed the tire on the, ro- on the road? Mm-hmm. Mm. Change the tire in Jersey in the middle of the wintertime. That, that was a little <laughs> scary. That was a little <laughs> scary because I'm trying to like – pan the ice away to, you know, get the jack underneath there. And it's just like frigid and being a Texas guy, you're not really prepared for that kind of weather initially. <laughs> I got there towards the end of my, my enlistment, but I wouldn't wish that on nobody. So I've never had one. I've had one flat. I'm 52 years old. I've been driving since I was 16. I've had one flat. I woke up. Went to my truck to go somewhere. It wasn't even to work. It was just to go somewhere. And I had a flat. Changed the tire. I didn't even know if I could change a tire, but I, I was able to do it. I changed the tire in the driveway, took it to get it repaired. They put it back on. That's it. I've never had a flat. Maybe that's why I don't prepare for emergencies, because I've never had one. But now I'm probably jinxing myself. <laughs> Knock on wood, sir. Knock on wood. <laughs> All right, we're running out of time. So, Sean, did you have anything you want to add? Uh, no, no. I appreciate you guys uh, having me on and helping me kill some time here on this drive. Um, this has been fun. Thanks again, Sean. I really appreciate you coming on. It's always nice. For me, I know there's other fans that agree to be able to peel the curtain back a little bit and get the opinions from some of the coaches, some of the guys in the organization just to kind of understand, you know, their perspective. Obviously, we're always going to have our own sitting on the couch, not understanding the other side of it. So to hear it from you, it's always awesome. I really hope we get to do this again sometime further down the line where we can talk about some of the things you've been doing at Asheville. Yeah, for sure. Just let me know. All right, guys. For Sean, Tom, and myself, we really appreciate you guys tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball, and we will see you next time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and community safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.